Hi, Perry here, and welcome to this week's podcast or video cast, depending on how you are viewing it. And today's topic is something that is extremely important and close to my heart. We spend a lot of time teaching business owners and investors how to create more profit. With business owners, we're helping them to build a business that's highly profitable but can run without their constant input so that they can go away, have fun, do what I do, go surfing if you're a surfer or a skier, go skiing. Just have a great life with your family. I mean, why else would you be in business? Why else would you be an investor? Surely you want profit and free time. One without the other isn't really wealth. From my perspective, you are wealthy when you have the profit and the free time to go and do what you love. So, of course, strategy is really important. Technical is really important. How to achieve that outcome. You've got to understand those things. But we know working with our clients, teaching them the strategies on how to build businesses that set them free, that it will be undermined by their mindset, what they believe, the behaviours they bring to their business. So understanding self and working on self and having some form of self-mastery as a business owner, as an investor, is just as important equally as important, maybe even more important than the technical know-how. You could almost say it this way, that someone can have all the technical know-how, but they'll sabotage or undermine the implementation because of what they believe, how they think, and how they behave. This is why a lot of uh, technical training programs for investors and business owners don't tend to work. Yes, the educators, the coaches will give very good technical information, strategic information, but they don't know enough about the human mind to really help shift their clients. We do both. We provide the technical and we're very adept at working to help transform our clients' ways of thinking, behaving and believing. And I can guarantee you right now, if you don't have a business that can run very profitably without your constant input. If you haven't done that before a multiple of times, as an example, or you haven't achieved that outcome for a substantial length of time, you can guarantee that your mindset, the way you think, believe and behave requires work. Your business or your investing results at the moment, we tend to be an expression of where you're at from a belief and behavioural and technical perspective. So this podcast, videocast, is all about being conscious and what does being conscious mean? Being conscious means that we are able to become very aware of how our personality works of our beliefs, of the habitual patterns and the behaviours that we bring to our business or to our investing. And for the most part, people are extremely unconscious, meaning they have all sorts of belief systems, behavioural patterns, controlling them, undermining uh, their ability to achieve their conscious goals, but they don't know it. 
It's a really important thing to understand. So in the same way that you have a liver that's uh, filtering out all sorts of toxins, and for me, I've been away at the Blues Fest up in Byron Bay last week, so my liver was doing a fair bit of work. It, it's, it's, it, it's cleansing out your system. It produces bile, and it does that 24 hours a day, basically. But you only know that you have a liver because you learned about it at school. If you didn't learn about what a liver does and where your liver is, your liver would still be working, doing what it does, keeping you alive, but you wouldn't know about it. It would be what we'd consider an unconscious biological process. So it's the same thing with who you are right now. You've got all sorts of beliefs and behaviours, attitudes, habits, that you don't see, that are in your blind spot. They're unconscious to you. And they will be limiting your ability to implement the strategies that are required to achieve the profitable outcome that you want. So when we look at being conscious, being conscious is all about being able to really, as I said, step back, observe oneself and get very clear about all the beliefs and behaviors that you're bringing to your business or you're investing right now. And being conscious doesn't just mean that you are looking at the uh, parts that limit or the beliefs or the behaviors or the habits that limit or sabotage your ability to create what you want. It's also being very aware of your strengths, your gifts, so if you're a business owner who is extremely conscious, you're going to be very aware of your strength and your gifts and your weaknesses. And as a result, you'll tend to work in your strengths and gifts and you'll delegate those areas of weaknesses or you'll work to improve those areas of weaknesses. Usually you combine both things because it's best just to be working in your gifts and strengths. So someone that's conscious then, of course, very conscious, has the ability to bring their awareness inside that that's a practice for them that they use all the time. And as a result of that, they're very, very aware of who they are, how they operate, how they sabotage, how they limit, and their strengths and their gifts. And because of that awareness they're now able to start to take responsibility for changing or transforming the behaviours and beliefs that don't work for them, or as I said before, bringing in other people that, into the team that are strong where you are weak or you are sabotaging. Now, of course, being conscious is a training. So as an example, when I worked with my teachers many years ago, I had to learn to take awareness from the outside world because this is what most people are doing all the time. Your awareness is scanning out there, watching for this threat, watching for that, getting caught up in that drama. Oh, that's exciting. And so awareness is outward. Someone that's super conscious always has a, a certain amount of awareness inside as well. 
And so they're not only monitoring the outside world, they're monitoring their internal reactions to everything. They're monitoring how they're behaving. In a stressful communication with a team member, as an example, they will have awareness inside going, oh, look, I can see that pattern. Oh, I can see that pattern. I better be careful of that. I promise myself I'm not going to live that out. I'm going to live this out. So you can see developing conscious awareness is the foundation for transformation and change. Like you, you, you can't change what you can't own. And this brings me to the next point. Because the reason that most people, and I would say most, most people don't want to be conscious, is being conscious means that you have to absolutely be truthful to yourself about yourself. So if we look at it from a step-by-step -step process, first one is that we learn to bring awareness inside so that we can see how we react, so we can see what we believe, so we can see what we're behaving. And when you get really good at it, you can do it in the moment. So once you can observe those things, then you've got to tell yourself the truth about those things. Now, for the most part, a lot of people have a, you know, ego or personality structures where they don't want to own the truth about themselves because they don't like what they see. In fact, most people spend their entire lives sort of rejecting or pushing away the parts, the beliefs, the behaviors that don't fit their pretty picture of themselves the one that they like to hold about themselves or the one that they like to uh, show the world. So in Jungian terms, this is the, the shadow. We're starting to look at the shadow parts, the parts that we reject that we don't like. And I'll use a couple of examples here, just straight business examples. Um, someone with a strong, what we call people-pleasing profile. So we're coming back into the personality. If you've got a strong people-pleasing profile, I'll talk about my wife because she's a, she's a good example of this. Uh, my wife really loves to make her friends and family happy. And so she gets an intrinsic reward for pleasing others and, and helping them be happy. And she does that in many ways. She does that in, in, in pretty much every way she actually expresses herself to others. And, and they're her, in some ways, they're her gifts to the world. She's a, a very beautiful person to hang around because of that. And it's very genuine. We're going to be talking about genuine versus its opposite, which is being inauthentic or dysfunctional. So she has a huge people-pleaser aspect to her profile, and it's her gift to the world. And also she receives a lot from that because people for the most part, love her and enjoy her company. And, you know, we get asked everywhere. When we're traveling overseas, we can, we, we're always asked to stay here and stay there. So that there are benefits in that. However, if, if a business owner has that profile, we can see from an asset base, it's going to help them attract clients. Clients are going to love working with them. But if that people-pleaser profile starts to move into what we call dysfunctional territory, the that person will be being nice, overly nice, overly caring because they don't want to feel rejected. Yes, I know it's getting deep, but this is deep work. They don't want to be rejected. They don't want to be disliked. And so 
what happens for a business owner with uh, people or strong people pleasing profile? Yes, they can attract people, but they'll tend to be taken advantage of. They won't set boundaries. They will tend not to want to enforce KPIs. They won't like disciplining staff. They'll tend to overgive with staff, meaning, you know, Sally's been stuffing up for weeks. Um, I better go and give her more coaching and training and more motivation. Of course, Sally's just taking up all your time. And the business owner with a people piece of profile that's overcompensating in that way and working with Sally, she gets frustrated with Sally. She gets actually angry with Sally, but she won't express it to Sally. She can't because she's got a strong people-pleasing profile and she's worried about being rejected. So she doesn't want to be angry to Sally because Sally might like her, which will trigger her deep feelings of, oh, maybe I'm not okay and maybe people don't like me. It's not nice. So when a business owner has that type of people-pleaser pattern from a dysfunctional level, they'll tend to be taken advantage of and they'll tend to spend too much time micromanaging or trying to train staff or work with staff that shouldn't be worked with. But as I said, she'll still feel angry at Sally. She won't express it to Sally. But here's the kicker, because this will help you understand if you've got a people-pleasing profile, you'll get angry at staff as an example. But rather than deal with the staff effectively and use that anger, and I'll talk about that, that's just being assertive, using the assertiveness to set a boundary, You'll bottle it up so you don't get rejected. You'll go home at night and you'll offload to your husband or to your wife or to your friend about how bad the staff is. That's typically the way the, the people pleaser deals with their anger at the situation. Not only understanding that for the most part, the anger is actually functional, saying, hey, this staff member is really stuffing me around. They're really undermining my business. They're really, they're, they're really impacting the profit we make, which impacts my family. So to be honest, being angry at her poor, poor performance is a great emotion to feel because it's going to drive me to take some actions. I'm either going to give her one more warning, fire her, or, you know, lay it on the line that this is it. If she keeps doing it, she's going. So people pleasers tend to drop their own standards, their own uh, goals to stay smaller and get liked by the people around them rather than being effective leaders. Coming back to what we're talking about, if we have a client that comes to us who has that profile, well, you can give them all the, 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 the strategic know-how in the world, but they'll undermine it because of those patterns that we've just talked about, because they won't get the staff to perform and you have to have high performing staff if you want your business to run without you. Um, so therefore we have to help them get conscious about the pattern and the damage the pattern's doing. And this, this comes back to why I shared that story. So, of course, they like to think of themselves as a nice person. And that, that's one of the, the badges they wear or the masks that they wear and show the world. Look how nice I am. Look how nice I am. Look how nice I am. But you've got to get them to see that they're being nice. is just a cover-up for this other part that's afraid of being rejected and that that's undermining their ability to be effective business builders and leaders. So as you start to help them get conscious, of course, they're going, well, I don't want to see myself like that. And geez, if I really own this, I'm going to have to start to be more um, assertive. I'm going to have to stand up for myself, which is going to get me rejected. And that's what I'm deeply afraid of. So you can see there's already a tendency for a business owner like that 
to not want to observe, become conscious and tell themselves the truth about themselves. So just one more example of this. You could have what we call the captain pattern. So the captain pattern is uh, someone that is very strong usually, uh, very clear about what they want, the very robust people, the very outcome-orientated, task-orientated, goal-orientated, pioneering, willing to take on risk. They'll tend to, if they're stressed, they'll tend to speak robustly, even bluntly to people. So as you can see, there are many assets to that as well. If you're starting out in, in a business, in a startup, as an example, you're, you're a, a business leader in early stage startups, or you're, you're responsible for really growing a business, well, they're, they're great assets because you're just going to get out there and make it happen. But it tends to become dysfunctional when you start to build a team around you because when a, a, someone with a captain pattern is dysfunctional, what happens on the unconscious level is they don't trust anyone. So their, their underlying premise is, I can't trust anyone. No one's as good as me. And so that's why they move into that real driver achiever, I'll take charge type thing, which, as I said, is an asset. But when it's dysfunctional, it's based on mistrust. And they'll have good staff around them, but they won't see that they're good staff because on the unconscious level, they don't trust anyone and they'll tend to micromanage or not get them the job or keep the job for themselves. So they'll tend to destroy team cultures. So you can see that this person prouds them, will typically pride themselves on being tough. They like to view themselves as tough. They're proud about that just in the same way as a people pleaser for, oh, I'm, I, I'm nice. Look how nice I am. I like being nice. Uh, the captain's going, look at me. I'm tough and I'm strong and I'm proud of that. Of course, the unconscious captain's not aware that deep inside their mind, they don't trust anyone. So that uh, a person with a client with a captain pattern might come to us and you know, again, you can give them all the strategies, but while that pattern stays in place, they ain't going to grow an effective business. They're not going to create a lot of profit and a business that allows them to have lots of free time because they're going to be doing undermining their, their staff culture everywhere. So we're going to ask them to start to become conscious, meaning observe self, see how you act, see how you behave, what do you really believe. And of course, they're going to struggle typically to start that because they don't want to see their vulnerabilities. They don't want to see that they don't trust people. This is why a lot of people just don't want to be conscious and then therefore they can't shift or transform or change their business. They're too addicted to the mask that they want to show themselves and the world because being conscious requires absolute deep honesty and transparency to yourself about how you operate. And that's best achieved when you are able to drop judgment and be okay with yourself in regards to what you see. You're just doing the best you can. You're an evolving human being. You're not perfect yet. When you have that kind of mindset, it's far easier to be, be conscious. By the way, we're talking about business today and, and profit, but this should be taught in every area of life. I mean, mindfulness trainings have become a big thing over the last 10 years. Uh, here in the West, um, which is a, a, a fantastic thing. 
because that's heading in the right direction. Mindfulness training leads to being conscious. Because if you're, if you're conscious, you're being conscious in your relationships. You can clearly see that this behavior undermines the type of relationship that I want to build with my son or my daughter or my wife or my husband. And so being conscious of starts to shift every area of, of your life if, if you're willing to do it. So I hope that gives you uh, a deep insight into why being conscious is really important as a business person or investor and how it impacts your ability to build a business that's extremely profitable and can run without your constant input or as an investor so that you can create the type of profit you want and have the lifestyle you want. I'll also say this, that being conscious, as I said, is the prerequisite to transformation, meaning the more I can own, see, observe, and own all different parts of my personality, how I act and behave, because we're a multiplicity, we've got all different sides to us, the more you tend to tap into your purpose, mission, and calling. So someone that can't do that, meaning they're unconscious, they cannot observe, see themselves, will tend to become rigid and stuck in old patterns of behavior. They don't tend to change and evolve. The, the more that you're able to become conscious, the more that you are able to sort of break up the restrictions of the past belief systems that have controlled you. And other callings and movements tend to move through you. So you tend to evolve and keep moving when in life and stay fresh and stay excited. And, you know, that, that impacts the aging process. I've got friends of mine that are dedicated to being conscious. They're in their 70s. They've got just shiny eyes because unlike other older people who are still trapped by the belief system, they still believe the same things they were when they were 20 or 30. When you've been conscious, you're constantly questioning and critiquing your behaviors and belief systems and upgrading and evolving them, which keeps you fresh, young and, and, and excited and passionate about life. Till next week. Goodbye.